All right, everybody, welcome to our latest Between the Races podcast on the MX Vice Network. Thank you, everyone, for listening and supporting the site. We really appreciate it. We'd first like to thank our sponsors in Fly Racing, Monster Energy, Fox, Parts Europe, Scott, Bell Helmets, Acherbys, AS3 Performance, Kawasaki UK, KTM UK, and, of course, Even Strokes for their incredible support, as without them, none of this would be possible. All right, for this episode, I'm joined by special guest and experienced Aussie speedster, a tester, a racer, everything, mate, Jay Wilson. Fresh off racing Unadilla with Star Racing, where you put in a pretty quality effort, I'd say, mate. So how's life and thanks for joining us? Uh, thanks for having me on. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, it was uh, a lot of highs and a lot of lows, I guess, for, from the racing side of thing at uh, Unadilla. Uh, Lane in the first turn of the first moto was uh, something I really didn't have on the cards, but um, I'm definitely feeling that still now. It's... Uh, wednesday here in uh in the u.s or actually yeah when uh tuesday here tuesday night now so uh i'm pretty sore and i was back on the bike doing some testing today but definitely feeling it so yeah it's uh unadilla went well we uh obviously i jumped on that bike saturday morning we went racing so i had to i had a lot to learn in a very short amount of time while chucking down a qualifying lap and uh yeah uh first motor obviously didn't go overly great lane in the first corner but i was able to put some decent times in and uh learn a lot about the bike um i think overall my times sort of i was running consistent times where it would have sort of placed me in around that seventh eighth position um if everything went right from the start but uh yeah second moto was uh a little bit better but i was pretty tight to be honest and rode pretty uh yeah definitely tight and then i uh, got tight towards the end and dropped the anchor pretty hard yeah. towards the last 10 minutes so uh i know a lot of people had me on fantasy types of uh things going on that weekend and uh, i was definitely feeling the pressure and that was the thing running through my mind at that time was like man i'm letting a lot of people down right now <laughs> i had your mate so it wasn't too bad i'm pretty useless at it i'll just go for the sort of the heavy hitters just swing for the ropes at this point of the season hope to win something but no nah, it was cool to see you out there mate and it's really interesting to see obviously how you, you recalibrate your approach i guess from say you know 10 years ago racing you know it's it's all like you sort of have two things in your mind obviously you want to keep up the speed and the intensity but you're also monitoring everything on the bike mate it must be quite a unique position i guess you're in compared to a lot of the other guys yeah for sure and uh, honestly i think it's probably one of the things that probably helped me um in this later part of my, I mean, I've just turned 29, but I'm probably one of the younger test riders, I guess, in the industry. Um, but being able to do it at, at a high level, um, it's really cool for me. Um, it's something that probably helps me with my racing a little bit because it stops me from overanalyzing my racing, I guess. And so driven and focused on like uh, the, the expectation or the outcome of the result um, sort of it makes me... I guess look at the the process of what I'm doing and trying to analyze the motorcycle and trying to ride with good technique and work out what works for other riders and yeah trying to have a more of an open mind I guess um, with riding which uh, yeah like I said probably helps me a little bit stops me from overthinking my actual my own personal goals and riding outcome. Yeah, it's interesting, mate. Just tell us about how you actually thought of the racing and I guess your competition because obviously the Japanese series you're doing now, it's obviously at a good level, but nothing compared to the AMA, mate. So what were the sort of key takeaways from the actual racing, the, the intensity, the stamina of these guys and how did you find the track? It looked like it was certainly a challenging one. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. I can tell you right now that uh, the rocks at Unadella, they definitely <laughs> 
Um, I've got a lot of bruises up and down my arms and, uh, yeah, all over the body from all the rocks that I was catching back there in the back of the field. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I mean, the track was, it was a lot bigger than what I've been used to recently, I guess, over the last two years being based in Japan. We don't have, uh, the, the biggest tracks, I guess, I guess Kyushu and Sugo would be our biggest tracks on the calendar. Um, Sugo being one of the international events in Japan, every year but yeah uh, practice tracks and test tracks are all i guess on the smaller side um then you go to unadilla which is actually quite a big track and a lot of the ruts and i was uh going through a lot of the, a lot of the ruts and i'd get like a quarter of the way in and then realize <laughs> look up and i'm only halfway quarter away yeah. through these ruts that are still going so uh yeah that caught, caught me off guard a little bit but I was actually surprised how ruddy and technical the track got. Um, everyone was saying that they sealed the track up because of the, the storm that we we're expecting to get. Um, and that kind of missed us, but the actual track got pretty technical and ruddy and um, some long ruts and <laughs> many options. Um, but that was, it, it had its challenges on its own, I guess, trying to learn the motorcycle and not really having a base setup when I jumped on that bike and trying to understand someone else's setup, um, that had its own challenges on its, uh, on its own, um, trying to manage that, but then also trying to understand how I can improve this to uh, line up for the next race or the next uh, qualifying session to improve it. So, uh, yeah, overall it was Unadilla was pretty special. Um, it's my first outdoors in America and, um, First time really working with, I mean, I, I, I was over here for Millville Spring Creek where I got to work closely with uh, the Star Racing Yamaha team. and um, But, yeah, first time sort of racing and being under the truck as a racer. And it was a, definitely a cool experience and uh, being able to have my family over here during this uh, the Japanese summer break. And, um, it's, yeah, what a cool experience. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm now 29 and... I've just lined up for my first uh, American motocross round and uh, yeah, we've got another two to go here and uh, yeah, looking forward to it for sure. Oh, it's exciting, mate. It's definitely one of those ones I think every motocross fan pretty much wants to go to. Like obviously as many as possible, Unideal is pretty special, isn't it, mate? So very cool to be there. And before we sort of talk a little bit more about your testing and your stuff in Japan, just sort of tell us how the deal to race these three nationals at Star Racing came about. Obviously, a lot of sort of hype around you being the Tomac fill-in, you know, that sort of <laughs> brings the pressure too, mate. And you obviously had the fantasy stuff to worry about, which you sort of, you know, you never think that'd be a worry, but it is something there. The riders definitely are sort of aware of it. So, yeah, just tell us about how it came together because it was pretty late, wasn't it? Yeah, for sure. So I was uh, actually over here for Spring Creek um, the week before Spring Creek um at millville and uh doing some testing with the 250 guys and um that test went really well and the the guys said well if you're going to come back over here and do some more testing why don't we line you up and we'll put you on the under the truck and we'll put you on a bike and we'll go racing as well so uh yeah i went back to japan during straight after millville and uh had to do some racing obviously we had hokkaido round five um in the japanese championship and yeah still we the schedule we weren't really sure on what our next uh, plan was uh, well, I was waiting for a bit of a schedule on what the next process was with our development I guess and uh, yeah Thursday uh, uh, last Thursday I got a call up and oh uh, sorry yeah well it would have been two weeks ago now but before uh, Unadilla and they said uh, we're going to send you guys out so you fly out on uh, on Monday and uh, 
hopped on the hopped on the flight on Monday, jumped on the uh, landed in Tallahassee on Tuesday, hopped on a um, did some two fifty testing on um, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then flew to the race Thursday, and away we went. So it was very last minute, and uh, yeah, very thankful that YMC were able to uh, get it all together, and YMUS were able to put this whole uh, project together and we're able to make something happen. So uh, very grateful for that uh, cool opportunity that I have that I have here in America right now. Oh, it's so cool, mate. It's just like any opportunity, I guess, like something like that, you just want to grasp and make the most of it. And how have the team been? They must be pretty receptive to having someone like you with a lot of skills, a lot of knowledge. You know, you must be a real asset to them. Have they sort of said lots of positive things about, you know, your input and how well it's gone so far? Yeah, it's been uh, it's been extremely well, uh, extremely good. Um, I'm, I'm at the the farm um, today, and then I'm um, back there tomorrow doing some more testing. But it's been good. We're just going over a bunch of different things right now, and just uh, yeah, I, I, like today I was actually riding 450, trying to get a bit more comfort for myself to go racing on, and uh, we're just yeah, pretty much learning the motorcycle and trying to get as much data and information as possible so that. Uh, I think this is obviously the challenge that you have with new motorcycles. Um, when a manufacturer comes out with a new motorcycle, you have to gain as much information and data because you're starting fresh. Um, and Star Racing has done an exceptional job this this season, obviously, with Eli uh, taking that championship all the way down to the wire. Um, they had that bike pretty sorted in Supercross, and uh, obviously Eli wasn't able to line up for the motocross. So they're, uh, yeah, just it's an opportunity for them to gain some more information and data and for for myself back in Japan to be able to have some, uh, some more information to go back to Japan with and do some more testing back there. Um, it's been good. And then also uh, getting to work with some of the younger 250 guys uh, has been really cool as well. Um, working with Hayden, been, uh, he's been very open um, to learning and um, all ears on how he can be better, I guess, and how the motorcycle works. And, uh, yeah, overall, it's been a great experience so far. Um, and the team has been very accommodating um, for myself and uh, for the whole YMC crew, for uh, my family as well. And uh, yeah, like I said, I've said it many times, it's been an exceptional uh, trip so far. Yeah, mate, it's win-win for all parties, I'd say. And I just wanted to ask, how impressive is the bike and the facility and the program they run? Because it's definitely one of the you know elite in the sport, isn't it, mate? And it must be pretty cool, like you touched on, mixing with those characters and bouncing some ideas off the other riders who are probably pretty cool to uh, sort of learn from a bloke like yourself. Yeah, I mean, there's no shortcuts happening here. Um, yeah. These guys, they, they, they've gone all in. Um, they want to win and they're making the most of every uh, chance that they have to, uh, to, to better themselves every day. Um, those guys work extremely hard and I can tell you right now, there's some hot days here in Florida and uh, those boys are working hard, um, seeing what they're doing through the week and how much training they're doing. It's, uh, it's impressive. And, you know, it's, uh, they're putting in the work, but it also motivates me to continue to try to develop the motorcycle and, uh, improve that. So those, I can make that, that job for those guys a little bit easier if I can. So, uh, yeah, it's impressive. And, uh, the whole staff facility is, uh, it's next level. The The whole workshop and the mechanics, how motivated the mechanics are and uh, the management are at this this facility is, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. On top of that, you've got uh, a pretty iconic uh, facility there, I guess, with a lot of history behind it being uh, Ricky's, the goat farm um, previously. So it's, it's pretty special driving into those gates there and 
yeah, I mean, a childhood hero of mine, I guess you roll into those gates and you, you think about the amount of laps and tyres that have been burnt, burnt there and the gas that's been burnt at that, those, uh, on that farm there is unbelievable. <laughs> oh, well said, mate. It's certainly a no-stone unturned set up there. And it must be really cool to sort of have sharing these moments with your family because I've heard you say, like, talking to Jace from Gypsy, you know, if your family can't be involved in a lot of these trips, you're probably not going to do them at this stage in your career. So it must be really cool. They get to travel around the world too and make some memories and you get to share it with the people you love. That must be another massive bonus too. Yeah, for sure, mate. I'm, I'm very fortunate to have uh, an amazing family with me and, uh, yeah, my daughter's six years old now. She's in uh, elementary school in uh, Japan and uh, she's on summer break. So it's it's very cool to be able to have these guys out here um, in America while I'm actually working and experience these times and show my daughter what I do and uh, continue to drive um, the, the continuous drive that I have to achieve my goals um, to try to set an example for her, but then also my amazing wife that uh, puts up with me day in day out and allows it allows me to continue to do this it's uh yeah i'm very fortunate to to have misty um be so supportive and allow me to continue to do this and drag those guys around the world at the same time <laughs> oh mate it's vital to have that framework for sure i know with my wife yeah she's so important to everything i do so you're definitely in the same boat mate and just sort of tell us a little bit about how your sort of weekly schedule is with the yamaha testing on a normal week like i guess when you're racing when you're not racing just what you sort of run through what you can tell us and just must be pretty interesting do you do a lot of traveling to different tracks to get your sort of ideas and input on different surfaces all this kind of stuff mate it must sort of keep you on your toes i guess yeah, so I, I mean, my schedule changes quite a lot uh, when I'm in Japan because um, obviously I'm still racing um, the Japanese Motocross Championship and that's quite a vital uh, point to what I can offer in Japan. Um, so we have the racing side of things, but during the racing, we also have pre-tests two weeks before um, that, that race. So we actually go and do two days of pre-testing at that um, track. So that, has, that allows us to move around quite a lot um, to other facilities and other tracks uh, around Japan, but also then Yamaha has their own um, test facilities as well. So um, I'm very fortunate. I'm, I'm very close to Yamaha's uh, headquarters in uh, Hamamatsu. Um, so I'm only 40 minutes from the test track and uh, I spend normally two to three days there a week and uh, I'm able to do my testing there. So I'll get up early in the morning, do my um, cardio training, some stretching, and then I'll end up having some breakfast and stuff with the family. I can drop my daughter off to school on the way to the test track and uh, shoot onto the track and I get there um, by nine o'clock and I, I usually finish there from like four to five. So it's normally quite a big day um, of, of testing um, because obviously the, depending on what you are testing, some days are longer than others. Um, sometimes you've, you're pulling a, a frame apart or you're pulling uh, forks in and out all day or changing triple clamps, things like that. So um, there's a lot that goes on and sometimes it is quite long days, but it's enjoyable and I'm passionate about my job. So it makes it a lot easier. Um, then by the time that sort of is over, I head back home and it's nearly dark time and I get to go uh, hang out with my daughter and try to get her sort of for bed with my wife. And um, my wife's normally <laughs> pretty organized at home. She keeps the, the place running pretty smick, I guess. And uh, yeah, looks after us. So um, yeah, I get to, it's obviously a challenge and a balance trying to 
trying to keep that um, my passion of like trying to be better and I guess my overthinking of how to improve the bike and switch that off when I get home, but also trying to have the uh, work-life balance at home and spend time with the family. So during, yeah, yeah normally we don't, we'd race uh, every two, three weeks or a month off here and there, you know, the, the Japanese calendar is pretty spread out. So um, we try to, on those weekends off, we try to explore our, ourselves around Japan a little bit and try to really embrace the Japanese culture and see what Japan's about, not just the the city life or the, the normal touristy things. We try to go for a drive around and actually explore Japan a lot. Yeah. Um, we've got some really cool friends, so we do a lot of camping and stuff like that. So, yeah, we try to make the most of our time there, not only as riding and racing, I guess, and just, just my job, but also experiencing the Japanese life. Yeah, it's pretty cool, mate. It sounds like you've got the sort of balance between yeah your life and work pretty good. And it is cool that I guess the opportunity came up for you to do the testing because it allows you to keep doing what you love, I guess, in a little bit of a less competitive environment, sort of prolong your career because you can do this for many, many more years, whereas racing, it sort of has a lot more of a smaller shelf life. So how was the actual adaptation to moving to Japan? Was it a pretty harsh one or have you found it pretty easy? Sounds like you guys love it there and you're probably going to spend a fair chunk of your future there, I'd imagine, as well. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, mate, I was, uh, it wasn't a very difficult uh, transition for me, I guess, because it's I'm chasing the motocross dream, the motorcycle dream, I guess. Um, it's something that I've wanted to do. My wife and daughter, obviously, got to sacrifice a lot more. My, they've had to leave a lot of family behind and the things that they enjoy. And obviously, my wife was uh, deep into it. She'd done a lot of study with yoga and Pilates and uh, health side of things. So she'd done four years of study of that. And we were pretty deep on that side of it during COVID as well, I guess, with trying to work out what was our next chapter, I guess. And she put a lot of time and effort in that. And she she dropped that for for me to go to Japan. So uh, that transition for those guys, I guess, was probably harder than for me. Um, <laughs> there was a pretty easy transition for me, to be honest. But um, they've done really well. My, like I said, my daughter's in uh, elementary school there and uh, we just try to make the most of our travels um, and try to get out and about. But Japanese life is is very cool. Um, it's I think it's been quite good for us. We don't live in the city. We live on just like a, a little bit of a rural town and we're pretty much the only Westerners living in that area. Um, so, yeah, trying to... Uh, my wife's picked up the Japanese pretty well and uh, my daughter's obviously doing extremely well with her Japanese and can have pretty good conversations in Japanese and speaking it at school. So where I, uh, yeah, a lot of the time when I'm testing, it's speaking in English because that's the best feedback for me. So uh, <laughs> pretty simple English, but we get the job done. And uh, yeah, Japanese life has been yeah extremely cool and uh yeah, for for now we're we're happy and we're content in Japan, and I'm I'm not sure what the the next chapter of our life looks like right now, but uh, yeah, at the moment it's it's Japan. Yeah, it's pretty awesome, mate. It's cool to hear your insights on on what it's all been like for you and how you're sort of coping with it all. It sounds like you're just loving it, which is really cool to hear. And yeah, I was speaking to Taka. I'm sure you know him very well yeah. um, about the Kawasaki <laughs> role he has, where he works a little bit with the AMA guys, the MXGP guys, production, testing, all that stuff. How much dedication to your time goes to like the production and you know dealing with the race teams? I guess in MXGP and AMA, is there a lot of communication and sort of feedback? You're always sort of you know comparing notes with these teams as well. Is that sort of something you do? 
Yeah, I mean, Tack has been in it for a long time and he's had a lot of experience. So, uh, yeah, he's. I guess his role is more working towards that uh, the race team stuff. But I was very fortunate to get a foot in the door over here with uh, racing, but also coaching and supporting the next generation of Japanese riders that are coming up um, and, and trying to improve the the Japanese racing and uh, trying to improve their skill um, for the Japanese riders, I guess, to increase that. So that's been another part of my job. But with um, with the testing side, I, I've been heavily involved in the EPS, Electronic Power Steering, yeah. um, and that yeah. was one of the projects that I was brought over to Japan for. And uh, that's been a really fun and cool project to, to be a part of. Um, so that's been something I've been very involved in. And now I'm slowly, I think, starting to be more, more involved in the racing side of stuff uh, between Europe and and uh, the US. Obviously, I'm here racing and working with these guys right now. So that is the next sort of transition, I guess, for me. But um, I guess it's a, a bit of a longer process and a, a long-term goal for me is to be more involved in that development of uh, mxgp and ama sort of stuff so we're he- we're heading that direction but um yeah slowly I'll, i'm working towards getting to that stuff more now i guess yeah absolutely mate tack has got a few years on you mate so you've got plenty <laughs> of time to catch up or to hear his thoughts as well mate and yeah just with the power steering thing obviously cooper was running on the week and there was a lot of sort of chat about it it's obviously going to be a pretty exciting development in the future and it should definitely make it i guess better for the local rider and everyone from the pro to the local rider it should be pretty cool once it sort of gets released and you guys develop it more because it definitely could be a game changer couldn't it yeah for sure mate it's something that i'm obviously very passionate about and i've put a lot of time and effort into and uh Mate, to see the work that the the technicians and engineers have, and the designers have put into this over the years is pretty uh, impressive. Um, it's been going on for a long time now, and um, I mean, you can read read the article on it to get a better understanding of what the electronic power steering is that Yamaha is developing. Um, Yamaha's been very open um, to what they are trying to. Um, trying to develop for the future, which a lot of manufacturers and a lot of companies. I guess aren't very open. You don't hear of a lot of things that they're they're doing and developing for many years um, until they're pretty much ready to release this. But right now we're still in um, development stages, and uh, yeah, we we're very fortunate that Cooper was uh, willing to to continue to help us develop this, and we we're able to gain data and information from this. And um, yeah, so far it's been extremely well. The feedback that we've had from those guys here has been uh very yeah very good um like i said i've been very impressed with what they've had to say about eps and uh yeah i look forward to the future i'm not sure exactly when this will uh go to production at the moment um but for the safety of being in the future i think this is going to be a, a definitely a game changer and uh it definitely in my opinion has a bright future so i'm not exactly sure when this will be, uh, like come to production but uh yeah looking forward to the the public to get their hands on it for sure yeah mate, i guess it must motivate you more when you see it being raced you know in the highest standard of the competition and the sport it must sort of just give you that extra push to sort of develop it further and also i just wanted to ask you about how is the scene developing in japan because obviously it's not super popular motocross they don't sell that many bikes even though so many of them are made there but i guess having someone like joe shimoda on the world stage you know he's definitely one of the elite 250 guys that must certainly be making things grow a little bit more yeah, it's uh, I mean, 
during COVID, things were, were pretty tough for Japan. I guess everything shut down. But um, now we're seeing a lot more people out and about. And it took um, Japan actually a long time to drop the COVID sort of restrictions. They only dropped at the start of this year. Um, so now we're back to full capacity events and things like that. And I mean, I guess it's a little bit difficult for racing in Japan and even riding for the younger riders in, in Japan because it's a very populated country and uh, not a lot of space for a lot of motorcycle racing or riding in general. So that's, I guess, the challenge to that. Um, but they are a very passionate com- uh, like country about motorsports um, and they want to support Yamaha, Honda, Kawasaki and Suzuki and these types of companies because they are the companies of that that country um so they they are very passionate about supporting those um companies and watching those races and but the japanese fans man they are so passionate and uh it's very it's very cool to actually go to the the races for myself because like uh yeah they're so respectful they're very um kind and gifting but they're just passionate they love it and they love uh supporting the japanese riders but also, um, they've been very supportive and welcoming to my family and myself this the last two years, and it's uh, yeah, it's been something that sort of I guess probably prolonged uh, like lengthened my career. Um, and I don't see it slowing down anytime soon right now. Yeah, mate, it's obviously pretty cool because you've done so many things in your career. Like you've raced in the American Supercross, now you've raced in AMA Motocross. You've done, you know, heaps of good stuff in Australia, New Zealand. You've even hit the MXGP paddock and MX2. We raced Arena Cross. So, mate, it must be pretty cool having all these things you've done. And I guess you just got to tick off another one on the weekend. Was there any sort of comparisons or anything to some of the stuff you've done in your career, mate? Because it's it's pretty cool all the series you've raced, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I've been. Uh... I guess for a lot of riders, they they probably haven't they've either experienced that AMA thing or the MXGP, and then they head back to their home countries. And uh, I've been very fortunate to do the world tour. I guess so I've done MXGP, I've raced UK Arena Cross, I've raced in Indonesia at a young age, I've raced Australia, New Zealand, um, now in Japan, and also America. And uh, also during that time, I've won a lot of championships through New Zealand, Australia, and, uh, yeah, being competitive in, in the US and MXGP. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's what an experience it's been this far in my career. And, uh, yeah, like I said, I don't know where I am at in my career right now, but, uh, and I don't know where that sort of goes, um, from here, but right now I'm just, I'm really enjoying this time in my career and this chapter, I guess. And, um also been able to do a lot of the a lot of these trips with my family um i've been able to have these guys come pretty much everywhere that i've been um since they've been with me so uh it's been very cool and uh yeah i'm very lucky to be able to do what i've been able to do in my career and, and starting riding at three years old and racing when i was four i didn't think that i would uh get to this point that was for sure being a country kid from Glenness in uh yeah the new south wales area and uh of australia um football was the thing back there so to to jump on a motorcycle and for it to be able to take me around the world and be now living in japan and developing motorcycles it's uh been a cool cool journey and uh yeah something that i highly recommend to a lot of people yeah, mate, absolutely. You were Australia's first junior world champion too, weren't you, mate? So that's definitely a pretty cool <laughs> thing to have in your bag. And also I wanted to get your thoughts on A1. How was it for you, mate? It must have been so mega. Yeah, it was, uh, that was unreal. Um, 
Anaheim won. I, the nerves, I can remember that feeling on the start line. I was, I, to be honest, by the time I got to the main event, I was so actually ruined um, just from nerves and everything that the build up to get to Anaheim one and then to finally be sitting on the start line and uh, the anxiety, the nerves that I had, and then the fireworks to go off for the first heat race when I was on that line, it was uh, kept unbelievable. Then to be on the start line for the main event, I knew that by the time I got to the main event, I was so destroyed from just the emotion and the build up. Um, to get to that point and then I, I think I was probably like four or five laps and I was absolutely no energy left <laughs> but what an experience Anaheim won one of the biggest races of, of the year um, in the motorcycle industry and just to be on the start line and to be able to race that event it was pretty special. Oh, absolutely, mate. And there's been a lot of chat in the American media about uh, motocross and nations for you. Obviously, they mentioned Beaton coming out. You know, Australia's pretty excellent team. You know, lots of depth everywhere, mate. Have you thrown your hat in your ring for that to, I guess, go with the Lawrence brothers? Because it's pretty much them plus one other, whether that be Mitch Evans, someone like yourself. <laughs> you got Beaton, Webster, Ferris, Tanty, Clout. Australia's stacked, isn't it, mate? So, yeah, uh, is your hand in the ring there? No, oh, man. No, I, I... I definitely couldn't miss an opportunity like an opportunity like that, you know. So to go from 2015, I guess, uh, where I was selected to represent Australia at the Motocross Nations, um, I it would be a redemption story to be uh, selected to represent Australia again um, for this year at the Motocross Nations. Um, you know, I was a lot earlier in my career, a lot younger, didn't really know much. I was sort of just, yeah, flying by the seat of my pants and just what, what was next on my journey. And, uh, yeah, I ended up slicing my stomach open and been, uh, missing the motocross nations that year, but to go back there this year and <clears throat> to represent Australia would be something pretty special and like an, a, re- a redemption story. But right now Australia's got a very strong team. Um, there's a lot of great riders and we'll just see what happens. You know, it's, uh, I'd be proud to be an Australian this year and uh, to uh, whether I'm racing or supporting those guys, I know that uh, whoever's selected will be extremely happy and they'll do their very best at that that race. It's uh, a special event for sure. Oh, mate, it's exciting times ahead. It must have been pretty awesome to see Jet clinch the title. Obviously, fine style, mate, still undefeated. What a special talent he is and so good that he's Aussie and would have been pretty cool for you uh, to, to chime in and be there as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Uh, yeah, Jet was, I remember that kid at uh, Gold Coast Motocross Club when I was a kid, jumping uh, step on, step off on a, uh, like a, must have been a KDM 50 or something like that. But man, he was, uh, I was like, who was this kid jumping this step on, step <laughs> off on KDM 50 and uh, yeah, ended up being Hunter. And, and I mean, it's cool. It's cool to see the Lawrence family. I've spent a lot of time with Hunter. Um, he come to New Zealand a couple of times with me to do a couple of training camps and things like that with Josh and uh, being teammates with him throughout throughout our career. And uh, it was nice to actually catch up with Hunter. And it was the first time he got to meet my daughter and um, see my wife in a long time. And, yeah, it was nice just Hunter's the same kid that he's always been. You know, it's uh, no, there's nothing changing there. And even for Jet and, and Dazzy, um, it was I uh, went over and was able to speak to Darren a lot in the afternoon and congratulate him but first thing he was straight on to me about the my leg dangling behind like i got to work on my technique and <laughs> i was like mate you just worry about worry about the championship you guys have just got and i uh, celebrate that and he was all about me trying to work out how i could be better <laughs> mate. oh yeah so yeah 
was extremely, extremely cool to catch up with the Lawrence family um, and see the success that they've had. They're, they've um, they've put the effort in and they've worked extremely hard and uh, it's cool to see them uh, getting the reward for it now. Yeah, mate, absolutely. Flying the flag very impressively for the Aussies and just growing the sport everywhere, really, with the you know the way they approach it and you know a lot of their attitude. It's just really cool to see, mate. It's an all-in program and it shows the a lot of people, I guess, like yourself as well, the hard work pays off because there's a lot of ups and downs in motocross. Pretty much everyone's had them. There's a lot of adversity. You got to fight, mate, and you know you got to travel a lot, go abroad, you know, suffer a lot in the training, challenge yourself, mate. So would that be some of the stuff you'd tell your kids that are coaching? Just be prepared to battle because it's not easy. Yeah, and to be honest, like it was something that I did the other day. You know, I was doing uh, some, uh, I was doing some coaching with some Japanese, the Yamaha Japanese riders, the next generation that's sort of coming up, and uh, we we're doing some goal setting. And I was just like, sort of saying to them guys, is like a lot of the lessons that you're going to learn while racing motocross is uh, going to be life lessons that you're going to use later in your life, uh, whether it's business or just just life in general. I think that's the the cool thing with a lot of sport and uh especially motocross you do it from such a young age but i think there's so many life lessons and things that you can use from racing after after racing in life and uh having that motivation and being driven and working out how to accomplish something and uh, setting up process goals to reach an goal is is something that i try to here in well in japan um when, when i'm coaching them and trying to uh like i said even try to give some examples to my daughter and hopefully there's some life lessons that she can pick up from what i'm trying to achieve with my goals is that uh, i keep chasing those goals and no matter how many times i get knocked down i get back up and sometimes it's not what you uh want and sometimes it does it, it, you fail and it's okay to fail sometimes because a lot of times you you you're learning lessons from that. And uh, if you don't fail, you don't learn. So uh, I think they're important things to learn and uh, sport in general, but motocross, uh, it's got definitely its highs and lows. That's for sure. I've experienced all those. And uh, Yeah, just a couple more before we let you go, mate. Just wanted to ask you, just with a lot of Aussies, obviously, you know, they think, like you say, the Chad Reed career path, the Jet Lawrence going to Europe first, then America. There's With the rest of the world being a smaller place these days with everything so accessible and it's kind of, you know, I guess there's many different options to get to America or get to achieve your dreams, isn't there, mate? There's so many different pathways you can take. It's just finding the one that works for you in your situation, isn't it? So just your thoughts on that mate because you've certainly had a pretty circuitous route making a successful life in the sport yeah i mean just take every opportunity that's available um that's probably one of the biggest advices that i have for you and if there's not many try make them um you know started even this japanese one it just started with a message on social media and at that time i thought this is stupid how's this gonna work you know um, but i was i was desperate at the time and I was uh, during COVID where I didn't have anything going on and my wife sort of said to me, like, what do we have to lose at this point? Um, so I took the risk and I made a, uh, sent a message on social media and one thing went, uh, went from uh, on to another and uh, went, I'm living in Japan. <laughs> um, so And now racing uh, US motocross at 29. Uh, I didn't think that was going to happen, you know, and definitely at, at a young age I thought after winning a world championship that – um, I guess my career path looked a lot different. I thought that I needed to be out of Australia as soon as possible. And uh, I guess it took me a lot longer to make that transition, even into the pro class. And uh, I wish I was sort of probably more present at the time and try, tried to appreciate what I was doing and actually 
stopped uh, trying to rush everything. I think I was just in such a hurry and a rush to get out of Australia at the time. And everyone's career path is different. It doesn't have to be the same as Hunter and Jed. It doesn't have to be the same as Chad. It doesn't have to be the same as mine. Create your own career path. And, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of highs and lows like we've talked about. And, um, yeah, just like I said, take every opportunity. And if there is an opportunity, try create one. Um, you know, for me, I, there was a point where I was racing in Australia and I wasn't, I wasn't making enough from racing. So I started doing some coaching and, uh, something I, I found that I was actually quite passionate about was trying to create a safer environment. And then that was one of the things that actually helped me go to Japan was because I had something else to offer, not just as a racer. I had, uh, the coaching side of things that I could offer as well, as well as testing and then also racing. So, uh, yeah, like I said, is just it's sometimes it's you got to do the things that you're not comfortable with, or sometimes it's not the easiest road. Um, but if that's something that you want to do, just keep chasing it. And I'm sure that if you keep working hard enough and you don't give up on that, it's uh, something will, whether it's the exact thing that you're after or the exact career path, that you'll get there in the long run. Um, but just keep chipping away. Yeah, cheers, mate. Really cool insight into just, you know, it's difficult, isn't it? It's not just, you know, a plug and play sort of step by step. There's so many different ways to do it. And, you know, you're a testament to that, really. Just if you, if you want to make it, you just keep working and eventually the opportunities arise, don't they? So I wanted to also talk about the vlogs you and your family do. That's something that's pretty cool that I'm sure the fans enjoy those insights because, you know, they don't really get them anywhere else. There's not so much coverage of, you know, Japanese motocross in English at least. So it's pretty cool you provide those insights, I reckon. Are you going to keep doing it for the American trip as well? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're trying to, but honestly, it's quite difficult to uh, continue to do those right now because a lot of the stuff that I'm testing, we've got to, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that I can talk about and can't talk about and can show and can't show. And it's sometimes understanding what I can show. It's uh, sometimes a grey area and I'm not really sure, so I try to stay clear of the camera, but... Um, I'm not sure what we'll, we've, we've been filming, whether we produce something from the American trip. I'm not sure at the moment, but we'll continue to do the stuff in Japan because it's something that it's something for us to look back on later in our life and uh, see some of the cool things that we've done. Um, but yeah, that, that's pretty much the reason why we do that YouTube stuff is just to give some sort of an insight into the Japanese racing, but um, something that we can look at as well and sort of look back and go, man, what a cool experience that was. Um, and it seems like the fans are somewhat happy with it and we'll just keep keep chipping away with as many as we can. It's sort of more of a, a family thing that we do and uh, try to get out as much as we can. Yeah, absolutely, mate. It's cool to document that stuff, not just for yourself, but, yeah, for the fans, like you said. And just before we let you go, a couple more, mate. How excited are you for these last two? And, yeah, I guess plenty of testing on the cards in these next couple of weeks as well. And you're just trying to sort of make the most of it and probably crack into those top 10 results and keep the fantasy players happy, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, realistically, I think that's where I should be inside that top 10 there. It's, uh, I let I definitely let the second moto go um, on the last two laps. I couldn't believe it. Last two laps, I let two two guys go past me. But I think uh, we should be inside that top ten. But we'll keep chipping away. We've got another opportunity, another chance uh, this weekend to um, to to try get back inside the top ten, two motos, and uh, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, I'm definitely feeling a lot more comfortable and a lot more relaxed uh, since having, I, I guess, a full week 
um, back here in America and uh, yeah, excited to go to Bud's Creek and then also Ironman. They they look like uh, some pretty cool tracks and uh, excited to be continue to work with Star Racing Yamaha team and um, yeah, continue to work with the younger riders as well and um, see what they can come out with at the end of this championship. Oh, it's exciting, mate. We certainly wish you all the best in the journey. We'll be following it closely. Uh, you know, like many Aussies and us at MX Vice, it's really cool to see, mate, some more names, some cool names thrown in that series because it's certainly been sort of just a plethora of dudes hitting it up from Europe, Australia, everywhere. So long, mate. Continue, mate. It's great for everyone. And just the last one as well, mate, just give you a chance to say thanks to anyone, do some shout outs and just sort of direct anyone, you know, that wants to follow you or watch the vlogs as well, mate. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, I've had a... <laughs> A lot of people throughout my career that have been able to support me, and I'm very thankful for that. It's uh, definitely through the, the lows in my career that I've had some key people that have continued to, to stick behind me and support me. So um, it's uh, like I said, it's important to have a good group of people around you, and uh, I'm very thankful for those people um, that have been involved. But obviously uh, my, my wife has been one of my biggest supporters, so um, that's it's very cool and uh, very appreciative of that. And also my daughter, it's a cool experience that we get to travel the world and do this. But if anybody's wondering what we're up to or wants to check us out, you can follow me on Instagram with jwilson uh, underscore six, or even on, uh, I think it's YouTube jwilson underscore six as well. Um, and yeah, we, we, I'm randomly posting different things on there, our Japanese life or where we're traveling to at the time or just even things that me and my family are getting up to. Um, so you can check it all that out on our socials and uh, yeah, we'll see what's uh, next on the cards and uh, who knows, who knows where this, uh, the next chapter takes us, but uh, we're enjoying the process right now and uh, loving it. So thank you to everybody for supporting us and uh, thank you for having me on the show. Oh, mate, thanks for joining us. It's been a pleasure. It's been really cool to hear about your career and many other things. I have to get you back on to sort of go into a bit more, you know, detail, I guess, on the trip and just your career because there's certainly a lot more to say. But before I let you jump off, mate, just like to thank the sponsors for this one in Fly Racing, Monster Energy, Fox Racing, Parts Europe, Scott, Bell Helmets, Acherbys, ASV Performance, Kawasaki UK, KTM UK, and of course, even Strokes for all their incredible support, as without them, none of this would be possible. All right, Jay, all the best with everything, mate, and we look forward to catching up soon. Yeah, thanks, mate. Take it easy and, uh, yeah, have a nice day. Eh? No worries. Cheers, mate.